Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales. We believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to D.K. Shepston about her novels. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about getting in trouble reading, jotting down book scenes as a kid on whatever surface you can find, meditating the ideas for your stories on accident, growing as an author, learning social media, getting out of your comfort zone to just keep going and get your story out there. The Breaking The mystery deepens as the virus continues its rampage in Montrose. Rebecca and Colossus must find a way to stop an enemy more lethal than the virus. But new information and unfolding events threaten the group's mission and their very lives. As pressure mounts to take bold action, rifts form between members. Rebecca and her friends are forced to make difficult choices and face unexpected challenges that will test their bonds and reveal secrets that will either bring them closer or drive them apart. How far are the newest Colossus members willing to go to do what's right? The stakes are so much higher than they could have imagined, and all Anacor citizens are in danger. If the gang breaks up, if Colossus breaks apart, humanity in Anacor is doomed. So the name of the show is Freya's Fairy Tales, and that is Fairy Tales in Two Ways. Fairy tales are something that we watched or listened to or read as kids, and it's also the journey of you spending weeks, months, or years writing your book to then get to hold that in your hands as a fairy tale for you. So I like to start off with, what was your favorite fairy tale when you were a kid, and did that change as you got older? <laughs> okay, so when I was a kid, I loved to read, and I remember, like, Hansel and Gretel and the Three mm -hmm. Little Pigs and Rapunzel being among my favorite, but we had all of those little golden books. The nice ones? The Yes. <laughs> and they were just on a shelf and I would literally, like, I used to sort of get in trouble for reading too much oh, because no. I would, I would do it, you know, when I was at the dinner table. Or when company was coming over or my grandparents were visiting, I'd be hiding out reading mm -hmm. instead of socializing, you know, yeah. so th that was how I would get in trouble. I like to say it, but, you know, really it was because it was at times when I shouldn't have been yeah. doing it instead of like times that I should have been. So I used to just kind of devour books from a very young age, like mm -hmm. all the time. And but those were the ones that sort of stick out in my mind in terms of fairy tales. Okay. Um, and then I like the frog and toad books. I'm probably totally dating myself here. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but um, I love those ones. Um, and then as I got older, um, I'm trying to remember like what really, you know, as I aged, it kind of grew out of the fairy tales and more into things like, you know, Laura Ingalls Wilder books and mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. And then for a time I taught like toddlers in in a preschool mm -hmm. and then my favorite book became The Giving Tree and you mm. know ex except I hated reading it because I couldn't read it and and not like cry and so here yeah. I am in front of like little two-year-olds like trying <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a few times narrating where I'm like I gotta oh, stop no. for a minute like <laughs> get myself together <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> You're trying to, like, swallow it down and stay in character. <laughs> you just hope that, well, sometimes I use the emotion. But then yeah. sometimes, like, you know, when you write a character, you get very attached to the character mm -hmm. because that's, like, it's 
basically like it's you. You're writing whatever was in your head as if you were that character at that time as you were writing it. So narrating, I try to do it the same way where I put myself into the head of the characters. So when the dad dies tragically or when... You know, I had the first book that I cried on was one of the first (laughs) fiction books I did. And throughout the entire book, she was slowly dying of cancer. And I narrated this like three months after my father passed away from a terminal illness. And I'm like, terminal, I don't know, complications from diabetes. And so I'm like, it was just like, I did this and I let the author know. I was like, I am so sorry. Like, there's way more emotion in this than there probably should be. But like, I couldn't pull myself out of it. So I'm like, now I know I need to wait a few more months (laughs) before trying to do anything. (laughs) And then the next book that I did, it was actually a talking horse. (laughs) 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 It was a fantasy. And it was this talking horse, but it was like he could like mind speak not speak speak and right. he dies tragically but everybody oh, as he dies he sends out this like you know telepathic thing and everybody hears him die oh, and then not only did no, i have to do I it the one time then there was like flashes of it throughout the entire next book in the series and i'm just like oh, oh. my god Oh, no, I would. Yeah, kudos to you. That would be hard. (laughs) So that's where you just hope you're not doing it where it's video recording you and you get the like ugly crying tears as you're trying to like get get yourself together. It works sometimes. (laughs) The pause button comes in really handy, I'm sure. Yeah. So so you were a school teacher um, in a past life. Yeah, I've been I've been many things in a past life. Um, I yeah, I kind of I taught preschool when I was over in Germany, like I traveled over there and landed in this beautiful setting and uh, the American military had a setup there and Mm -hmm. in Germany and I got a job at the child care center. So I did that like while I was in Germany, um, like just, you know, traveling, playing, having fun, (laughs) doing, doing like just taking a break from life sort of thing. And, uh, then I, um, worked in, worked with people with disabilities for a while. Um, and then I went back to school and I actually got a master's in, uh, reading language arts, um, writing and social studies for middle school um four through eight actually Um, and so then i taught um i i did my education there and then when i went on for my phd it was or i went on for a second master's in anthropology (laughs) unrelated (laughs) yeah sort of i I studied primates so you know like that's pretty related (laughs) primates um we are uh but uh, and then I went on for a PhD in environmental geography. So I had this like long trajectory of like different experiences and mm-hmm. education and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I wound up teaching at college level, which I still do some of, and then um, teaching uh, kindergarten through fifth grader science. Okay. Um, and so at what age did you start like writing your own stuff? Uh, um when I was young I mean I've been a pretty avid journal keeper my whole life but Mm -hmm. when I was young I used to just jot down like scenes that would pop into my head like on napkins and sometimes in my journal and sometimes on a note in a notebook or whatever Mm -hmm. but they never really amounted to a story but I had this sort of like fantasy in my mind of writing a book someday okay and I was like I don't know probably it was probably like starting at eight years old or so I would start doing this and then Mm -hmm. by the time I hit my teenage years I was just like oh you know all that that like I'm too cool for this well (laughs) no like I'm not talented enough for this like I don't have okay I don't have the I don't have the imagination to write a whole book and you know all those self-doubts and like who makes money as a writer and you know I've got to do something like more like 
normal, I guess, is in my in my little teenage mind, you know, okay. like, <laughs> that uh, that was like, you know, go to college for this and do this. And I still didn't take that track. Right. Like I still just sort of did my own thing. Mm-hmm. And enough like I didn't like when I was in college I wrote obviously all kinds of stuff all the way through my you know thesis and a dissertation and all that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. but I didn't really have this I didn't really want people to see my writing um and then I did something completely crazy and quit it all um, full time and just started like kind of navigating. Um, I decided I wanted to travel for a while around the United States. And so I saved up some money and I started, um, I bought a RV, an old RV and renovated it and started traveling around the United States and was started writing a blog. And that sort of initiated stuff like that. Is this where the RV cat book came from? This is where the RV cat book okay. came from. <laughs> that was the first thing I wrote that was like a book form other than the blog that I was writing. Okay. And that's where that came from was was that. And then I still didn't have any like thing about writing fiction. I thought, well, I'd write about my journey and I'd write a book about, about what happened on my journey. Mm-hmm. And then I was meditating one day okay (laughs) and all of a sudden the storyline for this trilogy like just I wasn't meditating about anything and it just sort of erupted into my mind (laughs) and I was like what (laughs) and I was like that would be kind of fun and so that actually started my fiction writing journey and now I'm like oh well, no wonder I loved to do this when I was a kid. Like now, this is what I want to do, <laughs> yeah. and and I I'm sitting here, and every time I turn around, a new story idea is popping into my head faster mm-hmm. than what I can write the current one I'm writing. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it was what in my upper forties that I actually took the leap into fiction writing. So your first the first book that you did was the nonfiction. How long right. did it take you to, did you just use your blog posts and compile those together for that one? Or no, how, how long did my, that one take to do, to write? That one is a, just a short little thing. And it probably, okay. um, it probably only took me a couple of weeks to write it. What had happened was that I have cats that my mm-hmm. best friend travels with me and, um, and there are four cats uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> traveling in the RV. And people always thought it was just like, whoa, you have like cats, how they do in an RV. And, and so I'd get a lot of questions about that on like mm-hmm. Instagram or whatever. So I thought, you know, so many people are asking these questions. I'm just going to write out a little book about like how to prepare for it, what to do to your RV and mm-hmm. how to get your cats and, and yourself ready and different things I learned so that to me was not like it was fun to write and Mm -hmm. I did some little doodle drawings and they're just hand drawing (laughs) just for just for fun for me yeah and put it up there and oddly like yeah it it was it was a different experience you know like putting that out there and um and people seem to find that book uh, without me doing anything, because I guess not a lot of people write little how-to books about traveling with cats. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my very first one, and that one was fast. It was like, I don't know, two weeks, but it was, it's like 68 pages or 60 pages. Okay, it's, a like pretty, it's pretty, pretty short. short. Yeah. Yeah, it's a short book. So then your first fiction book, was that the children's one or was that the trilogy? It was the first book of the trilogy, um, and I um, wrote that one. That was published in two thousand and um, in nineteen, mm-hmm. and um, in between that, I'm trying to remember the order of things. In between that and the second book in the trilogy, I wrote the children's book. Okay, and so how long did it take you to write the first? fiction in the YA one um the YA book took me 
it wasn't, it wasn't. So at that time I was just living off of my savings. So I, all I had to do was write and get outside and, you know, travel a little bit and get get outside and hike and stuff like that. So I was Mm -hmm. able to actually finish that one probably within about a month and a half. Okay. Um, and, and writing it and, um, and some of that time was taken like traveling for a long distance. So it one that one didn't, that one came pretty quickly. Okay. And um, so you write it in like a month and a half. And then what did you do with it once you had it like finished <laughs> or the uh, first draft finished? What, what happened cried. next? No. Cried <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> because I actually did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, um, I read it again and Mm -hmm. so I'm I was so new to this whole like author process um Mm -hmm. you know so a lot of the stuff that I did was just sort of feeling my way through so when you know so when I was done I didn't know anybody else who had written books and and I you know I didn't wasn't connected to authors on you know, social media or anything like that. And so I was, you know, finding things a little bit on the internet, but I basically, um, I wrote the book, I read through it, and then I sent it out to several people that I know and trust to A, like, tell me if they think it's crap, like, <laughs> that, or say, yeah. you know what, Desiree, I like can't finish this book because it's, it, it's not my thing or whatever. Like I know them, but I trust them implicitly to be, to be honest. And they're, they're thorough readers. They're good, like editors. One of them is a teacher in, in a middle, in middle school, um and uh a science teacher at that because this is uh YA dystopian sci-fi and um so I trust them like implicitly to to be very very honest and very brutal and so they helped me like make it a lot better from that Mm -hmm. that first one um and they're you know they're really good at catching blunders in the writing too I mean Mm -hmm. I was getting all these things like oh well there's a discrepancy here and oh you you, I think I don't think that was the person you meant or you know all these typos and and those sorts of you know grammar things that you don't want to really slip through um so they um they did that and worked with me and read it a few times through and then I I just put it up on Amazon. Um, you know, I found out about self-publishing and was like, well, that's the route I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And so I did the whole self-publishing thing. And put it so up did you make your own cover or did you have your cover made? So my first cover, I'm on the, the second cover. My first okay. cover. Um, <laughs> so we've had a redo already. <laughs> we've had a redo. Um, yeah, my first cover, I actually, I kind of, I liked it. I still like my first cover. Um, and the first cover I had gone through, um, uh, somebody on Fiverr okay. and I had a really strong idea about what I wanted. And so mm-hmm. I, I sort of picked out the like stock images and she did the design and put it all okay. together and did all of that. And she did a fabulous job with it. Um, and she did that for my first and second book. Um, and like I said, I, I, I kind of, I don't dislike my covers, but I wanted to do something that was more, um, thematic across like all three books. Um, and then okay. that was more probably in keeping more strongly with the genre. Okay. So that was, yeah, I saw, I, had them I saw the covers and they do look very genre like appropriate for what covers are in YA right now right um so you just so the previous ones just didn't quite fit all the way right they were they they were sort of cool but (laughs) they the first one might have fit fairly well Mm -hmm. um the second one not at all um it was a fun sci-fi sort of cover but it didn't really it it was just a little off of the okay. the genre. Um, so you had them YA. redesigned to where they all kind of 
look like they belong together. Yes. Um, judging by the first two, at least, that are up right now. Right. And the third yeah. one is going to be, yeah, we'll, I'll have the same um, same people, the the third one, as I did the other two. Okay. So and so we'll have the same kind of thing going on. Were you getting like, what made you redesign it? You just thought like, I should probably update this or did someone like comment and tell you, hey, <laughs> something's wrong with it? Like what made you decide to change it? A um, couple of things. I think mostly a lot of it was just um, kind of participating in more author groups mm-hmm. on social media and realizing um like just getting more educated about like kind of what all goes into cover design versus my own, you know, my, my own instincts weren't necessarily bad, but they were just a little off versus having somebody do it who was like professional and knew exactly what, what would go into this type of genre and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And so it was just education. It was just really finding out, a lot more and thinking well mine aren't bad but they're not quite it, it either yeah yeah and so um i just wanted to to boost that up a little bit and and uh be able to republish it with the new cover on it okay. and then at the same time i you know i made some like more edits and revisions and stuff like that and i i like kind of re-released the whole entire thing um, or the first two books um, also in in anticipation of the third book coming out okay so you put them up on amazon and then what did you kind of do to or did you do anything to help promote your books (laughs) i imagine with the redesign you probably did a little bit more than with the initial one (laughs) right um it it's so funny because like i i am not um I'm not like a natural at self-promotion. I'm a per- pretty introverted person mm-hmm. um, and pretty, pretty, uh, you know, I'm pretty shy by nature, but I have, you know, I've obviously at my age have learned, I've <laughs> figured it out, but um, I'm also not um, really, I don't do a whole lot on social media. So I sort of counted on other people to promote my stuff on social media, (laughs) you know, like my family members to say here. And, you know, and I did like at the school where I was working at, I like, I passed things out, but then I did do ads too. So I did Amazon ads. I did Facebook ads and, you know, I figured out the whole ad thing. Um, and, and, you know, I've learned a lot more about that too. Um, and then like recently I've done like, you know, other types of like giveaway promotions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it, that's definitely, and uh, so many authors have this, like, I'm just, it actually is kind of nice to know that I'm not, (laughs) I'm not the only person who's like, yeah promotion yeah how do I do it (laughs) that's like the overarching majority are introverts that have Mm -hmm. to pull themselves out of their bubble in order to you know whatever like me for example I would rather not be doing this but I have a lot of fun doing this but then like I'll be sitting in my chair doing like reading for the rest of the day like I don't (laughs) (laughs) so like I do these interviews and like um I was actually talking to my grandma about Christmas me and my uncle were mutually discussing the like things that make us weird basically and my (laughs) grandma's like you guys don't seem like she turns to me and she's like you seem normal you don't seem like you have a problem talking to people and I'm like yeah, that's the problem. Like, I can fake it really good, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> right? It's like you have to, like, gear yourself up for it. And then when you're done, you're like, yeah, you know what? I need a nap for the rest of the day and just so, like, not talk to anybody. I finally figured out, let's see, I started narrating in 2021, and I figured out, like, if I put myself on a schedule, so, like, Ooh. if I say, oh, I'm going to post on TikTok once a day, Monday through Friday, I'm fine because, like, I know, like, I get into the recording booth to record book. um, And then I, you know, first thing that I do, I warm up. 
get my vo- vocal cords working, and then I post a TikTok, and then I go about the rest. Like, it's just regimented. Like, I do things in that order, and it works fine. Um, I The awkwardness of being on camera, I started a fiction podcast, and I was like, we're going to put, like, behind the scenes up on YouTube. So I just uh, put my phone in front of my face, record myself reading the story, and you know, sometimes I'm like jabbering about who knows what about the story. Or you'll get like Frankenstein. <laughs> I did Frankenstein around Halloween. And half the time I'm just going, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I'm like, it's such a weird story. But like, so you'll get a little more of the like behind the scenes. Yeah. But I started doing that. And then when I started promoting like fiction audiobooks that I was doing like, you know, for money to get paid. Um, I started recording like, you know, sections of the books that I was doing, which I was already comfortable with doing from the fiction podcast. So it's like just the building. And now I've got I schedule out like, oh, you need to send out newsletters and like all that. So I like schedule everything is I have reminders on my phone for like, you know, the night before it needs to go out. Make sure you schedule (laughs) your newsletter to go out or. So what do you, like, I have a question for you. I like to pick other authors' brains about, (laughs) like, things like, and and, uh, creatives, (laughs) their brains about, like, when you Mm -hmm. do your, when you do your newsletter, how often do you put it out? And, like, do you, do you stick to some sort of theme when you, when you write it? Or what, what goes into your newsletter? So I have three because I have two podcasts I send out newsletters for. And then I have the one for, like, the narrating author Freya Victoria name. So the podcast ones I send out for the daily fiction one, I send it out when a new book starts. And then I, cause like each season of the podcast is a different classic old school okay. public domain novel. So Like right now I'm doing Anne's house of dreams. Um, so I'll do um, like when the new book starts, I'll send out a, Hey, the new book is starting. And then at the beginning of the month, I try to send one on the first cause some of those books are really long. So yeah. you may not have seen a newsletter in a long time. Right. Um, but for that one, it's just like, you know, here's what we just finished. Here's what we're starting. Here's what's coming next. And then usually like something, you know, going on in my life at the time. Um, same for this podcast. I do, um, every Monday when the episodes release, I'll say, you know, this is the author that we're talking about, and I'll put, like, what's going to be in the episodes. Um, And then, like, I think that's pretty much it for this. Oh, and then the book links. So I'll put the author bio and then about the book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then for Freya, I do once a week on Fridays. And for that one, I'll do, like, a little thing of just me, like, talking about what's going on in life. Um, and then I'll do like, here's the status of the audiobooks. Like, here's the one I'm currently narrating. Here's the ones that are like waiting on author approval. Um, here's the one I'm currently prepping to narrate, which just means reading through and labeling characters and (laughs) their identifying stuff. Um, and then I'll put like, you know, this is the book I'm reading for fun. So it's just more like, here's what's going on. I mean, I have like a set, um, what's it called? Yeah, it's like they don't call it a format though. It's like a set template. That's what it is. It's like a yeah, template. Yeah, that's what so I was like, going to say. Is I've a set up, yeah, so I've set up like my template for each of those things. Like this is the template I want to use, and then I just plug in like the new books or whatever. So okay. right now I have quite a list of audiobooks that I'm waiting for author approval. So I keep having to add extra images to that <laughs> section as I wait um, on these authors to approve their stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. But then when I have like ones waiting for ACX quality to approve it, I move it into that section on, well, oh. right now that section's not there because I'm still waiting for, um, I got to do edits on some audiobooks tomorrow to get some added into that section. <laughs> So sometimes it's waiting on me. It's like I'm waiting on the author to approve the final version that I have to provide my edits for. (laughs) So it's just general updates. And um, from what I've seen, like you can do a monthly or a bi-week. You want to do it often enough that people remember you exist, but not so often that you're driving them crazy. That they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I should quit sending these things. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, because I'm going through like, let's see, a 
50,000 word audiobook is going to take me like four days. So like every week I have a constant influx of the yeah. only thing that hasn't changed is the book I'm reading for fun has been the same for months because I'm reading like <laughs> a chapter a day and it takes a long time to get through a book at that rate. Yeah. So that's been it's been Handmaid's Tale for several months now. <laughs> Those are short chapters, though, like the books, not that big, but the chapters are only like. I don't know, 1,200 words maybe? They're short chapters. Um, I mean, if I was doing like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a book that has really, like I know the Outlander books all have really long Long. chapters. Some are short. Most are very long. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I can go through. I just happened to already be reading Handmaid's Tale when I was like, we're going to read a chapter a day at the beginning of this year. (laughs) So I'm like, finish finish this book we're currently reading. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, wow. it's I set I set a template and I also have like my social media links on there so yeah. that if you've uh, you know if you found me on TikTok, you can follow me on the other places if you want. Right. So I mean wow. it's and I've seen at this point I've joined quite a few author newsletters. A lot will do like giveaways. Right. Um or you know, hey, here my friend released this Spotlights. book or yeah. yeah. So I mean it's just kind of what you can do i try i mean mine's already long with just all the stuff i have going on so right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and right. on there <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the other thing right you have to be mindful of links so that they're yeah. like actually read the whole thing <laughs> well it's like most of it so i don't have the only books that i do like the blurb on the newsletter is the one i'm currently narrating the one that i'm prepping and then the one that i'm reading for fun all the other ones because it's probably already been on a newsletter i don't do blurbs for every single book cover that's on my thing a large like the with the author currently are waiting for it to be approved to go live on audible those ones i just do the picture of like the cover yeah um because the rest of it's i also have a section for like hey these ones just released so that you can (laughs) i mean it's mine is a long one i don't most people wouldn't need it to be that long, but like, yeah. I don't want to leave off someone's book and then be like, why'd you right. leave me off your newsletter? <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you're, what did you use to learn how to do the ads? Because I know that's a big like thing um, that takes, it's a learning curve for everybody. And I, yeah. And I, I just, um, when I first started doing it, I was just winging it and so I probably spent way more money than I needed to for like ads because I didn't really know how they worked and then um I have taken some courses on Mm -hmm. how to do the ads um and those are are super helpful but you know it's something that you have to you can't just take one class because like all of this stuff like you know they all sort of change how they do things on a very mm-hmm. regular basis. So one thing might work for, you know, like six months or whatever. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm not getting any results here. Right. And, um, or like, like it's, you know, it's, uh, I know like Facebook and I haven't done a Facebook ad in a while, but, um, Facebook has, has become a lot more challenging for authors. Mm-hmm in doing the ads. And so people, I know a lot of people are experiencing um, quite a bit of frustration um, with mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to do those ads with, with the new like sort of constraints and stuff that Facebook has put on and, mm-hmm. and the stuff that they're doing. Um, so I, I feel like that that is something that you just never figure out it's sort of like it's you're a constantly moving out. target like it's yes. <laughs> I did yes. I did podcast ads for a while probably like almost the first year uh-huh maybe I may have stopped before a year um but like the only like comments I would get on posts and stuff I mean I was hoping to get listeners so I wanted link clicks right um and like mostly what I would get was like people would leave usually very rude comments about it and I'm just like whatever and then I I'm like all right we're going to experiment we're going to stop posting any ads and see what happens 
and my listeners did not go down. So I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, well, we're, we'll just keep now. I do post multiple times a day across like all the social, like major social medias. Um, so like I'm still like putting in an effort to free advertise, essentially. Right. Like, I'm, you know, putting in the effort to post. I have a, a scheduler where I go to one place and oh. it posts to everywhere for me. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's so nice. (laughs) It was one of those, like, I was going to each place because I was, like, free. If you just go to each place individually, it's free to post that way. And then I was like, this is taking me hours every day to post for three podcasts across all these things. Um, So I started paying for a scheduler where I can do the same post in all the places at once and schedule it ahead of time. And then I don't have to touch it. So... Yeah, um, and then like if you can schedule it ahead of time, you can also bank yeah. them up and say, I'm yeah. just going to spend X amount of time, get them all set up for like the next few days or the next week or whatever, yeah. and you just chunk it. I think that I haven't quite gotten the handle on that <laughs> yet, <laughs> but uh, but um, but like theoretically, I know a lot of and a lot of authors do that is for mm-hmm. like TikTok and stuff. It's like I'm yeah. just gonna save them all the drafts and and then I just rapid release yeah exactly that's what I so for podcasts for like the daily fiction one so daily I'm doing a chapter a day in that one so I'll typically record two or three chapters a day so in case I get sick or go on vacation or something happens I've got you know episodes banked so that I don't have to be there so when I and listening back through what I recorded, I'm taking like the first section of that chapter and I make like little quote slides. So I make uh-huh. like videos and then I'll immediately wow. schedule those. So like right now I have scheduled into like mid-February because that's how many episodes ahead I am on that podcast. Oh, nice. so, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't have to touch it now. I did just change my scheduler website this week because it was like half price and when you're talking in the multiple hundred dollars half price is nice yes (laughs) Um, plus my previous one it was like it would schedule like facebook posts and twitter posts and instagram posts but it wouldn't do reels which yeah so i'm like everybody's doing yeah yeah so i'm like so i'd have to go to facebook and tiktok and youtube to do like the short stuff and i'm like that's annoying so i found one that does all of the things oh nice and it's half the cost of the previous one so (laughs) bonus yeah i'm like i'm like even if even if it wasn't doing those uh half price when you're talking about it was seven hundred dollars for my previous one for the year for a year for the year okay (laughs) for a year (laughs) so cut that in almost half i'm like worth it (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, i would say so (laughs) I'm like, wow. I mean, and then it's a learning curve like it is with ads. You have to learn this whole new software, essentially. Like, how does this Mm -hmm. one work? Because I'm used to the buttons being one way. I've been using it for a year. Um, So, you know, you got to figure it out. So now I have to go delete three weeks worth of posts and put them in the new one because they're in the old ones. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's still it's like a like it's like a full time job doing all of the business administrative and of like create creative stuff. Like you really do have to learn um, you have to learn what works for you and what is yeah. the fat. Like I used to, like when I started doing the little quote slides, I uh-huh. would like skim through the chapter. Like this is after I've already spent the time recording it. I would skim through the chapter to find like the most interesting part. Well, that takes time. So I'm yeah. like, I'm like, screw this. We're just going to put the first couple sentences on these slides. I have it. I have a template for my slides where I just have to paste it into the text box. Nice. And then I export it and put it into the social media sketch. So like now, <laughs> less than five minutes to get them done and uploaded into the scheduler while I'm wow. listening through the episode. So okay. it's That's like so much easier. I'm like, everything is like, get it. Same with like author stuff. So I have the scheduler you set up, like I want it to post at these times. Um 
And like I did a bunch of research at one point for like how many times should you be posting on Facebook uh-huh. a day or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> so, TikTok and this. Like, yeah. yeah. So I have like my times set up where it's like and I have a spreadsheet that tells me like at the seven o'clock slot post on these ones. And then I'll, so right. there's a little bit of manualness to it. But um, eventually I kind of remembered that. But new scheduler, new way I have to do things, have to right. remember how. <laughs> Eventually, it'll be like, oh, click, 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 done. (laughs) Right now, I have a spreadsheet that has like, here's the hashtags we're using for this post. So (laughs) copy, copy, paste is your friend when it comes to social media. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's something like when I was getting my Ph.D., you know, Mm -hmm. Facebook was my was my like avoidance thing right like oh my gosh I don't want to do this so I'm gonna just scroll Scroll for hours on Facebook (laughs) and then at some point I ended up just being like oh my gosh Facebook's taking up so much of my time so I got off of it and you know what like once you sort of extract yourself from like that that like environment Mm mm-hmm for me, at least, I find it hard to get back into it. I find yeah. it hard to like all of a sudden, like this thing that I used to spend like forever killing time on, and mm-hmm. you know now like it's a it's a business thing, right? Yeah, and it's you like, have to how, do it now. How do I get back into this? Yeah, in a way where I actually remember that it exists. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I, I it it's just like no longer in my purview of like things I do in my day so I yeah so the whole scheduling thing like I totally get that because if I didn't have like reminders if I if I didn't do that like it just wouldn't even cross my mind to yeah like, look at any of the social media things you know <laughs> yeah my thing is like TikTok now I spend way too much time on that so now I'm like <laughs> all right when you're eating meals so you can't <laughs> physically be doing anything else I mean I could read a book a fun book I guess right um, but when I'm yes. like prepping a narrating book I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of the chapters and what characters talk in that chapters and like right. do you describe them as having an annoying voice or a deep voice or a husky voice like all those I have in a spreadsheet that I can reference while I'm narrating Right. Um, so I can't be doing that while I'm eating. So I'm like, no. all right, you can watch TikTok or scroll through <laughs> Facebook or, you know, that is your social media time while you're eating meals. <laughs> do that. <laughs> and right. then when you're done eating and I usually wait till the next like 15 minute interval or something. But um, it's like then it's you know, time to get back to work. <laughs> get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm still working on the whole I, like. Because you have to, in some, I know at least for TikTok, like, and for a lot of them, like, you have to engage, too, mm-hmm. in order to, you know, get the algorithm to pick up on you. But yeah. also, more importantly, um, you have to have some sort of engagement um, to have a relationship with the people that yeah. are already on there with you. So yes. it's like, it's, you know, you want to find a new audience, but you also, you also, like, want to be... Um, participating with the people that are on there because it's a community you know and and you are a part of it and you know and so yeah you want to actually be you want to actually engage so you do have to like spend time on there (laughs) yeah I'm (laughs) trying to like I'm probably the least interactive narrator that's on there (laughs) and I've tried like this last week I tried to do a couple videos about like why and I'm just like in my awkward brain (laughs) commenting on things just doesn't come naturally so it's like it's not that I don't like you right that like it doesn't now if you comment on my video I'm gonna comment back because like you have you know reached out to me you've taken Uh, the initiative like yeah yeah. but I'm like my brain is just like yeah my brain is just (laughs) like why would I want it now there's some people that I do like if they post a question or something I'll respond to it or whatever Um, but yeah, like that, it it does not come naturally to me at all. I have to like make myself like interact with someone. (laughs) Yeah. I am so right there with you. (laughs) My, my like natural self, you know, is my, in my nature, it's, uh, initiating is definitely the harder thing. I'm all about responding. I can totally do that, but I, I have to 
push out that's outside of my comfort zone too so it's like I have to like oh like be brave step out there you know it's almost like I haven't done this but it's almost like I've put like a you must respond to five people a day like (laughs) not that I've like said that to myself but I kind of have that like in the back of my head like you need to respond to like some people today right (laughs) DK liked the three little pigs growing up The Three Little Pigs is a fable about three pigs who build their houses on different materials. A big bad wolf blows down the first two pigs' houses, which are made of straw and sticks, respectively, but is unable to destroy the third pig's house that is made of bricks. The printed versions of this fable date back to the 1840s, but the story is thought to be much older. The earliest version takes place in Dartmoor with three pixies and a fox, before its best-known version appears in English fairy tales by Joseph Jacobs in 1890, with Jacobs crediting James Hallowell Phillips as the source. The phrases used in the story and the various morales drawn from it have become embedded in Western culture. Many versions of The Three Little Pigs have been recreated and modified over the years, sometimes making the wolf a kind of character. It is a type B124 folktale in the Thompson Motif Index. Today we'll be reading The Three Little Pigs by Joseph Jacobs. Don't forget we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the round table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Story of the Three Little Pigs Once upon a time, when pigs spoke rhyme, and monkeys chewed tobacco, and hens took snuff to make them tough, and ducks went quack, 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 oh. There was an old sow with three little pigs, and as she had not enough to keep them, she sent them out to seek their fortune. The first that went off met a man with a bundle of straw and said to him, Please, man, give me that straw to build me a house, which the man did, and the little pig built a house with it. Presently came along a wolf and knocked at the door and said, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. To which the pig answered, No, not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. The wolf then answered to that, Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. So he huffed, and he puffed, and he blew his house in and ate up the little pig. The second little pig met a man with a bundle of furs and said, Please, man, give me that first to build a house. Which the man did, and the pig built his house. Then along came the wolf and said, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. No, not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll puff, and I'll huff, and I'll blow your house in. So he huffed, and he puffed, and he puffed, and he huffed, And at last he blew the house down and he ate up the little pig. The third little pig met a man with a load of bricks and said, Please, man, give me those bricks to build a house with. So the man gave him the bricks and he built his house with them. So the wolf came, as he did to the other little pigs and said, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. No, not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. Well, he huffed, and he puffed, and he huffed, and he puffed, and he puffed and huffed, but could not get the house down. When he found that he could not, with all his huffing and puffing blow the house down, he said, Little pig, I know where there's a nice field of turnips. Where? said the little pig. Oh, in Mr. Smith's home field. And if you will be ready tomorrow morning, I will call for you and we will go together and get some for dinner. Very well, said the little pig. I'll be ready. What time do you mean to go? Oh, it's six o'clock. Well, the little pig got up at five and got the turnips before the wolf came, which he did about six, and who said, Little pig, are you ready? The little pig said, Ready, I've... Been and come back again and got a nice pot full for dinner. The wolf felt very angry at this, but thought that he would be up to the little pig somehow or other, so he said, Little pig, I know where there's a nice apple tree. Where? said the pig. 
down at Merry Garden, replied the wolf, and if you will not deceive me, I will come for you at five o'clock tomorrow and get some apples. Well, the little pig bustled up the next morning at four o'clock and went off for the apples, hoping to get back before the wolf came. But he had further to go and had to climb the tree so that just as he was coming down from it, he saw the wolf coming, which, as you may suppose, frightened him very much. When the wolf came up, he said, Little pig, what? Are you here before me? Are they nice apples? Yes, very, said the little pig. I will throw you down one. And he threw it so far that while the wolf was gone to pick it up, the little pig jumped down and ran home. The next day, the wolf came again and said to the little pig, Little pig, there is a fair at Shanklin this afternoon. Will you go? Oh, yes, said the pig. I will go. What time shall you be ready? At three, said the wolf. So the little pig went off before the time as usual and got to the fair and bought a butter churn which he was going home with when he saw the wolf coming. Then he could not tell what to do. So he got into the churn to hide, and by so doing turned it round, and it rolled down the hill with the pig in it, which frightened the wolf so much that he ran home without going to the fair. He went to the little pig's house, and told him how frightened he had been by a great round thing which came down the hill past him. And the little pig said, I frightened you then. I had been to the fair and bought a butter churn, and when I saw you, I got into it and rolled down the hill. Then the wolf was very angry indeed and declared he would eat up the little pig and that he would get down the chimney after him. When the little pig saw what he was about, he hung on the pot full of water and made up a blazing fire. And just as the wolf was coming down, took off the cover and then fell the wolf. So the little pig put on the cover again in an instant, boiled him up and ate him for supper and lived happy ever afterwards. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of DK's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands and to hear another of her favorite fairy tales.